Support for today's show comes from Grammarly. Grammarly has a free version that you can get as a Chrome extension, or there's a premium version that provides a lot more. Now, the Chrome extension is terrific. I used it for a couple of years, and it's only when I started writing books again that I started to look at upgrading to the paid version of the product, which is 100 bucks for a year, if I recall correctly. Now, it works with almost everything, and it will help you with your writing. And frankly, from having read resumes for years, most of you don't write as well as you think you do. And one thing I discovered along the way is the use of commas has changed from the time I was doing a lot of writing until now. Grammarly will help you fix it easily. So again, use the link in the show notes and download the Chrome extension or consider buying the premium version. Whichever way you go, you can't go wrong. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2086. I'm your host, Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. I like to spend some time five days a week talking with you about different aspects of job search because I believe it doesn't have to be as hard, difficult, painful, or take as long as it does. It really is a different skill set needed to find a job than do a job. And today I've got an interview with Fawn Germer, who's the author of Coming Back, How to Win the Job You Want When You've Lost the Job You Need, plus a bunch of other books, one of which I think her first book was an Oprah book. Uh, She's been nominated for four Pulitzers. She is a terrific interview. I, I really want to encourage you, listen to the show in its entirety. It's really very good. And I'll just simply say, her book, which I've had the, the pleasure of reading in, in advance of the interview, I think you'll enjoy that as well. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Hope you find this interview helpful. And in the meantime, we'll be back in just one moment. Top Resume is a solid service to get you a better resume. Reasonably priced. It's not a premium service. It's for people like you and I who can afford a certain amount of money and also need a great result. And even better, they have a plan through a firm that allows you to stretch your payments for service over the course of the year to something like 20 some odd dollars or 30 some odd dollars per month so that you don't have to write a large check, which right now, if you're not working, is really important to you. So use the link in the show notes. It will help you get a resume and if you want a LinkedIn profile done for you very inexpensively. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my guest today is leadership expert and global motivational speaker, Fawn Germer. Fawn is a four-time Pulitzer Prize-nominated investigative journalist, let's try that again, investigative journalist, and the best-selling author of nine books, including Oprah's pick, Hard Won Wisdom. Fawn, welcome. Hello, thank you. Nine books. I know. 
whoever thought the first one was so hard to get out i just never thought there'd be a second much less nine well after a while it becomes easier but no matter it's nine books speaking what was left unsaid that prompted you to write this one Oh, this is so different from what I usually do. And, and I had been speaking at a leadership conference and there were some very well-known senior executive women who retired to the lounge after we all had our sessions. And the more they drank, the more they talked. And the more they talked, the more they shared the troubles that they were having at this point in their careers and feeling like they were a bit sidetracked, sidelined and about to be cast out one had been cast out and i thought wow that's really weird because that's happening to my neighbors and my friends so i thought oh i'm writing a book on age discrimination and thus and being the, a, the book is called how to win the job that you want when you've lost the job you need the formal title is coming back that was the subtitle and that's what it looks like folks and um, it's amazing how things come together for well, it's it's such a different book. Even the subtitle is, honestly, I'm sure marketing picked it because it would be a big seller in COVID. But actually, it's not just about people by age. And it's certainly not only for people who've lost their jobs, because it's about relevance and what we have to do to sustain our careers from beginning to end. And that if we don't chase relevance, we sputter out and then our careers start to kick the old bucket. And relevance is an interesting word, because if you ask most people whether what they do is relevant, they'll say, what I do is important. You know, that's why I'm there. I do important work. But relevance is a different word, isn't it? Well, relevance is how you do that important work. And you're only relevant if you have an idea and have independently researched what's going to make that job significant and relevant in five years. Because you may have noticed companies really don't care about your experience anymore. If you drone on about, oh, I've had 10 or 20 or 30 years in this business, they don't care. They think that marks you as a has-been. So the idea of relevance is that you do the upskilling on your own and talk about that in conversation. So they think, oh, you are the person, the magic person who's gonna help us figure out all of this change that's coming and drive us into the future. Upskilling is a great word uh, because I'm, I know when I started in search back in the stone ages when dinosaurs roamed the earth, firms paid for training. That was Did the way just, it was. You just called me Fern. That's my old lady name. It's actually, <laughs> it's Fawn. No, 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 no. I didn't say Fern. I said when dinosaurs roamed the earth, back in the stone ages when dinosaurs roamed the earth, firms, F-I-R-M apostrophe S, <laughs> Oh my God, I owe you on that one. That's okay. I'll firms, 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 firms uh, pay for training. And I haven't really seen that with any regularity for more than a decade. Well, they, you know, they train, but they don't, they don't want to. They hire young, fresh talent out of school that doesn't really need training because they're up on everything. And the people who have the highest paycheck in the room are the ones who aren't justifying their worth because they're not as tech agile as the younger ones. And you don't have to be a programmer. You just have to know how that stuff is applied and what's coming and learn enough so that you're good at it. And you do it on your own. And 
you can get caught up, but boy, it's the people who take this big time out and think, oh, I'll keep my head down and I'll sit this one out and I'll just lie low. Those are the ones that get tossed. Consistently. Yeah. Consistently. And what's sad is they eventually get to the point where at the networking group meeting that I'm presenting to, and they're saying, gee, you know, they'll never talk to me because I'm old. And they think it's purely an issue of age. Well, no, there, there is a lot of age discrimination. We can't pretend there's not, but we have to look at the root of it. And that is, there's an assumption that if you're old, you can't do what the new people are doing. So if you are upskilling and taking classes on your own time for free, they're all out there on the internet. If, you, if you're figuring out what you need to know and knowing it and dropping that into conversation and not dressing like the old frumpy person, you know, up your game a little bit, then you become the cool person. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody looks at me and says, oh God, Germer, she's an old lady. It's like fun is such a badass because I'm just not giving up and I'm fun and I'm doing all kinds of adventures and nobody's going to brand me as a has-been. Won't happen. But a lot of people slide into that because they don't actively think of what they're communicating. And you have to communicate that you know what's going on and you have something significant to offer. Is a message that we send with our actions and inactions. Yeah. As an older professional, and I'm not going to define what older is because so much of it is really about attitude that's coupled with age. But we start to give ourselves you know, some permission to cut corners. Well, yeah, because you think you are entitled to rest on your laurels or something. But, you know, when you say you do want to define the age, I want to tell you something that's shocking is that age discrimination starts to get reported after the age of, are you ready for this? 45. Wow. It's a significant statistic. And then we reach, a woman reaches her so-called peak earnings at 40 and a man gets it at 47. And what that means is that even though we think we're going to keep making more money because we're getting better and more trained, actually, when you factor in cost of living and everything, our salaries never go beyond or our earnings what we're making at 40 or 47. Now, there are, of course, are exceptions to this. And, and we, we want to all be that. And that's what my book looks at is how to make sure that you're still in the running, you're still being protected and advanced and all of those things instead of sidelined because they assume you don't know what's going on. And thus, for many older professionals, correct me if I'm wrong, and it's okay if we disagree at times. I just want to be clear about that. Right. For a lot of older workers, um, they start wondering why they have to do things. Oh, man, you are just totally hitting at my heart with that one. Because it's so frustrating and it's so insulting. You work your whole life to get treated like crap. I mean, what, what is that? We should, after serving so hard and working so hard, we should be brought in and, and loved and respected and instead, we're constantly told we don't know enough, we have to learn this, we have to prove ourselves again. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And so I have a core coping strategy that if you ask me about, I'll share. But it's, Okay, Fawn, tell me, uh, or would you prefer that I call you Firm? <laughs> or Fern, whichever. It's, well, it's just that the 
They sound alike. It, it's, it's pretty re regular that people mess it up. And I just finally thought, I'm going to say something. And, and then I was wrong. <laughs> Showbiz. So uh, you said, if I ask you, you'll tell us. Yeah. So, well, because I didn't want to do monologue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, I had a mother that was paralyzed when she was 66. And this is not a sad story. So don't, I mean, it was sad, but she coped with everything and she was paralyzed from a stroke and then got Alzheimer's. So it was 20 years of illness. And I learned through that, that when you start focusing on what you've lost, you don't focus on what you have. And if instead you find a way to adapt so that you enjoy what you have, you still have a lot. So that at that point, when she started to repeat herself a hundred times a day, instead of saying, oh my God, do I have to hear this story again? I would just say, I'm going to enjoy the sound of her voice because a day will come when I don't hear it. And then, you know, when it just came to be only able to say a few words, even just, I love you, I treasured those words. And then when she couldn't talk, I treasured that I could see her and feel that whoosh of love because I know there's a big difference between life and death. And so I had this mantra and I use this a lot when I speak. And that is that the faster you learn to accept, cope and adapt, those three things, accept, cope and adapt, the faster you live your life. So during the whole COVID mess, people freaked out. It was horrible. It was this big, scary change. And the first thing I did when I saw what was happening, and believe me, it hit the speaking business like nobody's ever could have dreamed because no events, right? And I just posted something on Facebook, a meme, and it just said, accept, cope, adapt. Because I knew the faster I did that, A, the faster I get my business back on track and figure out what was going on. And then B, that I wasn't going to waste a day, a month, a year to something that I couldn't control. That's so hard for people to do. I know it took me a while to figure it out. And my version of that language is, it is what it is. Yeah, right. Well, I, can know, fight, I can fight with it, but what good is it to do? Yeah, it is that, what it is. That is, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. And have you noticed that we don't get to write off a day of our life or a year? We're still getting older either way. So I don't feel like we have any time to waste. And especially since my mom was 66, when everything unraveled for her, I learned this can happen at any time. So why not treasure every day? And as long as you're not sick and you're, you're not bottoming out financially, go with what you've got. And Newsweek did this interview with me about my book and said, well, how did you manage 2020? And I said, business was a challenge. The kayaking was fabulous. So I just, I made sure I had a great year. And that is fabulous because what you did was accept what, the things you could not change yeah. and had the wisdom to know that there were things that you could do and things that you couldn't do. It turned out that that was one of the best years of my life. I had a great year. So, and, and it's only because I said, accept, cope, adapt. And all of you can do that no matter what the challenge is. The faster you accept, cope, and adapt, faster you can be happy. So for the older professional or the person who's been out of the game for a while, for whatever the reason is, who's now trying to transition into the workplace and they're facing resistance, but I really want that job. 
And I really well, need to get back into work because you know cash is getting a little tight, and uh, you know it's time to get out of the house. Well, Except, acceptance sounds complicated. Well, there you have to be in a very active mode if you're in that situation, and my book looks at that a lot. Okay. <laughs> and for those no, who are listening on the podcast, she held up the book at that moment. Right. No, it's it's that. Okay. First of all, if you're older, for some reason. Every company denies this, but the algorithm for an online application somehow magically bumps you out. Okay, they claim it doesn't, it does. So you need a big, strong network. And that means you get on LinkedIn, start adding people at the companies that you desire to work for, and you comment on what they post before you ask a favor and do that for a few weeks. And then say, hey, I like that article that you posted, blah, 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 and start a little conversation. And then finally say, I'm really interested in your company. Is it possible that we could do a Zoom and a cup of coffee so I can find out a little more about how to break through? Because your network is everything if you're older. And if, let's just say 60% of older people, let's pick a number, I don't know what it is, are gonna hit the wall, 40% aren't. So what you have to do is figure out how to get in that 40%. And that's what I focus on in the book. There are strategies that will get you employed, absolutely. I believe this completely. Is it harder? Yes. Can you do it? Absolutely. So uh, what are a couple of those strategies? <laughs> okay. Well, one would be stop talking to negative people and people who are struggling like you are, because that defines your reality as one of hardship and expectation that it's not going to work. Another thing is you have to paint yourself as relevant. So you get on these two websites, edX.org and Coursera.org, and start looking at the technologies that you need to drop into conversations that you've studied, like artificial intelligence, blockchain, big data, machine learning, robotics. I know that some of you don't know some of the things I just talked about. And you, so you want to Google how blockchain will affect blank industry. And you don't get intimidated by what you know, because if you're being honest, most of us, most people over 50 are behind. They just are. And so you just need to figure out what you need to learn. And, and you don't have to be a programmer. You just have to learn something so you know about it. And so blockchain is a great example. I found that concept so hard to understand. It's the idea that a piece of data moves away and that it's an independent piece of data. So that's how cryptocurrency operates, but also supply chain. So there are a lot of business implications. And I couldn't get it because it's confusing. So I, I looked it up, couldn't get it. Did some YouTube videos, couldn't get it. And then I found a four minute YouTube video on how to teach blockchain to a child. And then I got it. They were teaching five-year-olds. So go to the simplest way and get it. And then when you have conversations with people, you can drop into it. Yeah, I was taking a class on innovation from MIT. I mean, I did that. Doesn't that sound like I'm really smart? But I didn't need to get an A in the class. I didn't need the degree. I needed the information. So many people stop learning. Yeah. You have to demonstrate insatiable curiosity. And that makes you one of the with it people who then, if you show you're with it and relevant, then your experience does matter because they think, oh, this person really may know what they're talking about. And a lot of the baby classes, I'm going to call them that because, you know, it's my slang for really simple stuff. You can get on LinkedIn learning, you know, you just go onto LinkedIn. It's the old platform that was called Linda. 
And right, right. They now have access to thousands of courses on different subjects that will help you with fundamentals. I don't see a lot of depth in there, but it's the basics that can get you started so that you can go to edX and Coursera, YouTube and other places where there are people who are giving more complex information that you can build off that base. You know, when I was in graduate school, I was, I was young, I think I was 21, but I've never been great at math. And I knew I was going to have to take statistics to get out of there. So I took it at, you know, in graduate level is a 6,000 level course, but I didn't have to take a 6,000 level statistics class, which was going to be very hard. I took it at a 2,000 level. So like a community college level, took the very basic statistics because that's all I needed. And so figure out what you need and, and just make it easy on yourself. Again, you don't have to be a programmer. Sure. I remember when I did my master's in social work, there was one mandatory statistics class. And you know, these are basically social workers in the field. And I was thinking of being a therapist in private practice. And why I would need statistics? Right. No reason. But I had to get through the program. And she got it. You know, the instructor got it. She said, you just got to make it through the class. Once you get into the field, no one's going to ask you what your, what your grade was in statistics. Well, no one's going to ask what your grade is in a class that you're auditing. So don't even worry about that. That first time I took a class, I was getting all type A about it and trying to figure out what I had to do to get, you know, score big on that test. And I thought, it doesn't even matter if I flunk this class. Nobody needs to know. I need the information. And so you go and you take these classes. Again, it's edX.org and Coursera.org. You take those places you can study with professors at Harvard and Stanford and Yale and Oxford and you know and if you're really lucky my alma mater the University of Florida and it's free and you just get the information and that's all that matters you don't need the degree and then you can put these on your resume to show continued study but not to show that you were a student at Harvard because you're not that only goes so far Agreed. What else can people do that will help them? Well, you just, all, the biggest thing is keep your head in the game. You make up your mind you're going to win because it's the ones who say, this is hard. It's never going to happen. And they, they get frustrated and they slow down or they stop. And I always use this story to explain what you have to do. So I've got bad feet and I like to walk long, long distances on the beach frequently. So that would be 10 to 13 miles. But by mile seven, my feet are screaming and they're screaming, stop, end it. And I learned a long time ago that if I just go left, right, and then keep taking the next step and then the next, sooner or later, I get where I need to go. And that's really what we're doing here in a, a competitive job hunt when we're in a hard to place category is it's all you can do is keep taking the next step. So if your day calendar says that you have to get on LinkedIn and be on that for 20 minutes a day, and then you're going to comment on these things and you, you have, and you're going to write certain people in your networks and you're going to do X number of video chats with people to brainstorm every week, you're going to keep moving forward. It's when you slow down and stop that you fail. And I, I think failure is stopping or slowing because sooner or later you're going to break through if you keep taking the next step. 
I'm a former marathoner. And, the, and there was a time, you know, a marathon is 26 miles, 26.2 miles plus 385 yards. Because that represents the original marathon run by the um, messenger uh, in Greece who ran that distance and got there and then died. So ultimately, when you run a marathon, at the beginning, you feel great. Now, I'm, I'm an amateur. There, there are people who are professional marathoners. And, you know, I ran New York many years ago, and it was a tough day. It was 80 degrees out. I'm sorry, 78 degrees out, which is too hot to run the race. Ideally, you want to be running it in the upper 40s, maybe 50. And on that day, I developed heat exhaustion. And I knew I was in trouble that day. And ultimately, all I decided I would do is put the next foot out. Yeah. Just keep right. that. Because if I kept doing that and I didn't start walking, uh, which I saw a lot of people doing much earlier than I considered it, I wouldn't, I may, I may have emotionally been in trouble, but I could get there. Let me ask you, what were the hardest miles on, out of 26.3? What? I knew I was in trouble. Um, I ran New York. So at about the 20 mile mark, which is you know, when, quote, the wall happens, uh, we were crossing over a bridge from the Bronx into Harlem. And I noticed I was starting to cry. Because okay. I, I knew I was going to finish the race at that point, which should be tears of joy. And I said, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Because I've been grinding away this entire time on a hot day and I'm crying too soon, too soon. So I realized for myself that I had hope, but I also wasn't in control anymore. I was in machine mode uh, during the race. I think that's really interesting because, you know, I'm a cyclist and and I think it's very different from running because you can power through a lot on a bike running's hard on the body and so when you do a century for me the hardest miles are miles 60 to 80 and this is relevant to anything that we're up against because when i'm writing a book i know that when i hit mile 80 when i'm riding my bike then i'm going to get to 100 once i hit 80 it's done it's easy from then on out it's it's joy because it's i've got you know 20 more miles anybody can do that right and I know when I'm writing a book, when I'm still at mile 60 of the book and when I'm, and, and I know that moment when I get to mile 80, when I've got it licked. And unfortunately, when we're facing adversity, we don't always get the memo that we're at mile 80 and you don't know when your pain's going to stop. So if you keep getting rejected or experiencing difficulties on a job search or or at work, you don't get a memo saying, oh, it's going to get easy now. Oh, you've got it licked. And all you can do is like that whole thing on the beach is just keep taking the next step because you never know when you're going to get there. You just have to take the next step knowing that you will get there. And thus it begs the question emotionally, what do you do at a time where it feels hopeless like everything that you're going to do isn't going to turn out well. Like, how do you pull it together? You focus on what matters most in your life. Because if you think about it, when we die, we want to have meaningful careers and to have success 
and financial stability and all that. But all it takes is one family emergency for you to understand what is the most significant part of your life. All it takes is a health crisis to know what really matters. And so if you're having the difficulty, slow down a minute and feel some gratitude for what's going right. And if you are breathing well and having a beautiful day and you can always go outside. And I, when, you, when you're going through this to create hope, do things that give you a chance to feel it. And that means get moving, exercise. If you, if you meditate or pray, do that. All the things that can trip your breaker so that you have the best odds of getting through it, you need to do it. Self-care is so important. And if, if you start to feel hopeless, find a goal. And that goal doesn't have to be related to work. It can be, I'm going to walk 20 miles over the next week out in the woods so that I can think again. Find something else because the only things that truly matter in life is that you lived it, really. So that a lot of what you are having anguish about is something that at the end of your life, you're not going to worry about. Now, the caveat there is if you are legitimately concerned that you're financially going to bottom out, I, I want to tell you, I understand that. And I, I just send so much love and hope, but all you can do is all you can do. And you just have to have faith. You'll get through it to the other side. You'll get there. You will. It's funny. My article today on medium is called, uh, you can do, you can do what you can do. Yeah, right. That's it. You just focus on what can I do now? Maybe you step it up a little bit because out of procrastination or fear. And the fear of rejection is so strong, especially in older professionals who feel like they're hit over the head time and again. Maybe that's getting in the way and you got to get through it. Well, can I take that Please. one? Yeah, Please. you know, so in my book, one of the things I, I make a very big point of is this is not personal. Yeah, it, it, feel, it feels personal, right? But it is it's not. And when my first book was being rejected by every publisher in the United States, this is a long time ago, people. I mean, it's, it's a long time. But I had quit my job to write it. It winds up being a bestseller and an Oprah book. But I didn't know that at this point. All I knew is I had quit my job to write it and I was bottoming out financially. I had to do something. So I thought I'm going to apply for a job. So I lived in the Tampa area and down in Bradenton, Florida was Manatee Community College where I'd gone for a year after high school and they needed a journalism professor. Now, who better than someone who is a four-time Pulitzer nominated investigative reporter, right? I'd worked at major papers, Washington Post, Miami Herald, I really done a lot and, and I had taught for 12 years as an adjunct, right? And even for grad students. So I thought for sure I was a lock on that job and I never even got called for an interview. This is not personal. And this story taught me that because having been an investigative reporter and knowing the public records law of Florida, I thought, well, who did they interview? And I requested it and saw they interviewed one person one person and his his only credential was that he had been the host of a radio show on Saturday in Des Moines, Iowa. That was it. 
And I knew someone who worked at the college. I said, why did they pick that guy? And she says, well, I'll find out. And she came back. She goes, oh, he's been teaching part-time there for years. They only posted it because they had to. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So if you get rejected, it's not you. They're never rejecting you. You are still as talented and brilliant as you always were. None of that goes away. You just have to add to it and have faith that your moment will come. And I know it's excruciating, but don't say this means you're any less viable or valuable. You've still got it. You always did. It's just, we got to get you to the person who recognizes it. And folks, the tendency is to focus on the oh, woe is me instead of reminding yourself that winners find the way to win. Yeah. They focus on the yeah. winning, not the licking the wounds. Yeah. They keep pushing forward. So what haven't we covered yet that we really should? I, I would just say the thing about what you just said, which is so good, is that I'm somebody who in my life has had a lot of obstacles. Careers do not take one straight shot to the top. They don't. They go up and down and up and down and up and down. And the biggest lesson came for me when I was writing that first book and getting rejected so many times and then figuring out the problem and then getting that book sold and then getting it the day before 9-11. That's when it was released. And then having to fight to get my book out there and, and go everywhere. It's like one obstacle after another, after another. And if my book had been published when I had first tried, it may have been a mid-list seller. I probably never would have thought to be a professional speaker, likely would have had to go back to work in newspapers, a dying profession. But because of my obstacles, I wind up in this awesome field. I get to be a speaker and I get to meet people and I have so much fun. I have the best life because of it. And I learned when that happened was it's about your obstacles. You just have to be able to say, oh, here's an obstacle. What am I going to do about it? Instead of, oh my God, here's an obstacle. I'm going to stop. You don't stop. You find a way. Absolutely. This has been wonderful. Folks, I'm going to have a link to the book in the show notes. How can people find out more about you, your other books, stuff like that? Okay. And I sent you a link to my freebies, I think, but I've got two things people can get. One is a PDF on how to recharge your career during COVID. The other one is on how to just keep taking the next step. Go to my website also, which is fawngermer.com, F-A-W-N-G-E-R-M-E-R.com. And that gets you links to the book. The book is everywhere and that's called Coming Back, but I got a lot of other books too, so. And I'll have links to the other stuff in the notes as well. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, I've got a lot that's in the show notes that will help you go there, take a look at some of the things I highlight. I know it can help you with your search, but I want you to do one thing for me. And that is putting your phone TheBigGameHunter.us, Jeff Alpin, my name. And when you need help, when you need advice, when you have a question, come over to the website, go exploring in the blog, contact me for coaching or because you have a question, I'd love to help you. In the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day and most importantly, be great! Hi, this is Jeff Alpin, The Big Game Hunter, and welcome to the original No BS Job Search Advice Radio.
I started recording this show, it was November of 2010. I believe it was November 21st, 2010. And I originally did it on another platform before moving it to Anchor in October of 2020. And when I did so, frankly, the other service gave me a rough time moving out. So what you have on No BS Job Search Advice Radio is a little bit different than what's here. These are the original shows that I did. Probably about 1,500 of them here. And then if you subscribe to No BS Job Search Advice Radio, not the original, but No BS Job Search Advice Radio, you get all my newer content. And if you want to go back further than October, I believe you can do that on that page on Anchor and go back a few hundred episodes. So probably about 500 episodes are listed on Anchor.fm. And not all of them will be available through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or other services just because of how they handle feeds. So again, come over to Anchor.fm, listen to my shows there, subscribe. There's lots of great information I release beginning in 2021, five days a week, designed to help you find work more quickly. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few more ways to get information and advice from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Go to the blog. There's a lot there to help you. In addition, if you need interview advice, I've created a course called the Ultimate Job Interview Framework, available as a video on Udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com, or available as a paperback or for Kindle on Amazon, and will help you stand out in a great way on your interviews. Also, if you're interested in my coaching you, there's a button on the site that says Schedule. Schedule time for a free discovery call or schedule yourself in for coaching. I will love to help you. I'm able to help with regard to interview preparation, leadership coaching, salary negotiation advice, making a good decision between different offers, anything related to improving yourself in the workplace. If you have questions for me, you can schedule 15 minutes with me at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live, or an even less expensive way is at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash video answers, where you can leave a message for me and I'll respond with a three to five minute video. Please financially support the podcast by clicking the button below and pledging whatever you'd like. I really appreciate it. Finally, watch me on TV. Download the Job Search TV app for Fire TV, Fire Stick, or Roku, or BingeNetworks.tv for Apple TV and 90-plus smart TV platforms. I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great!